Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Welcome to week two of the pregame postgame podcast with Jim Zoki. I am Mike Pacheco. Glad you are with us today. The uh, friendly confines of Highway 51. Where we're coming Sounds to like Charlotte Motor Speedway behind us. <laughs> well, where's the fire truck? Wasn't the, we got the fire truck the last time we did this. Yeah, we've got to pick quieter neighborhoods than right at the major intersections. But uh, we do this for you, the fans, every every week. Well, every ambiance. week that we remember to do it. Ambiance. Yeah, well, this is a this special edition. Uh, a, well, normally we actually we do do it on Wednesday, but we have a Thursday game coming up right. here for week two. Short turnaround for the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, both teams coming off losses. And both teams with a lot of questions, uh, particularly at the quarterback position. You know, for Tampa Bay, uh, you know, what what is Jameis Winston going to do this year? That's been a lot of the talk down in Tampa Bay is, is what, you know, this is his fifth season. Right. Uh, he did get that extension uh, a while back. So, he, you know, he's not quite paid like Tom Brady, but uh, he's getting some money. And now I think people are ready for him to kind of produce. And, you know, the flip side, the Panthers, uh, you know, we saw a high passing percentage from Cam Newton, which was good. Uh, but even – Cam said in the press conference Tuesday that uh, you know, he kind of felt like they left some plays out there against the Rams. Oh, he did. Yeah, he sailed a few throws. There's no doubt about that. And uh, um, probably would have liked to run a few that he didn't run with his feet. But again, I mean, they scored 27 points. They lose 30-27 to a really good L.A. Rams team. So never feels good to lose, that's for sure. And there definitely were some throws that he'd like to have back, that's for sure. Uh, but a short work week, maybe that's the best thing, is just to get right back out there and, and uh, play again and get that one out of the way. But, uh, uh, you know, I just think that uh, that was probably the biggest question mark after the first game. I thought the defense played pretty well. Christian McCaffrey was phenomenal in both the, the running and the receiving game. Special teams were great. Is uh, How's that passing game going to look and get yeah. everybody involved? So that's probably the biggest question heading into this one. And I, th- I don't think the sky is falling either. I no. mean, I think it's going to, you know, you know, basically, Cam only had a couple of, of, of full weeks, if you will, of training camp. Right. And, you know, he did have the last couple of weeks. But, you know, it, it takes time to develop offenses. And, you know, we've seen that uh, not just with the Panthers. I mean, around football, sometimes the offenses take a little bit longer to, to get together. You know, the offensive line, I thought, was, was a good sign. And I think what we saw from Christian McCaffrey, I mean, what he, he, I don't think he touched the ball on all 70 offensive passes. But he was in on, what, Felt 67 like of the – All 67 all offensive 67, snaps he yeah. played. And you can't take him off the field, especially if you're losing, right? So, right. I mean, it's like be different if you had a three-touchdown lead, then you could spell him a little bit. But when you're trying to mount a comeback, I mean, he was the comeback he was offensively. The, yeah. I mean, he was almost not single-handedly, but he was the biggest proponent of, hello, uh, willing <laughs> willing this team back truck. with, like, sheer force of extra effort out there, which is great. You need leaders like that that show it on the football field the way that he did. And uh, – 
didn't really get uh, a lot of production otherwise. I mean, obviously, CMC was you know big bulk, bulk of the offense. And that last touchdown drive, the one that Alex Armas scored on, uh, he basically willed them into into yeah. uh, into 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 really first or first and goal, I think, or just inside the ten. Uh, and then Armour was able to get that five-yard score, but uh, it didn't really see much out of you know DJ Moore had a couple of good plays, but then he had a, you know a couple of times that he yeah. put the ball on the, the, on the carpet. The one. And yeah. I know we're, we're still talking about this, uh, and it's Wednesday when we tape this. Uh, you know the 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 answers that we got on those two plays, the fumble and then the the back. I guess it was technically a fumble on Cam Newton on the lateral. Uh, again, it looked to me like DJ Moore was reaching back for it, and so I don't know if that. And again, that, that's you can't. It's, it's just subjective. Milk, but that's right. the thing. It's subjective, and the, the throw was not in the air long, so it's kind of hard to get a trajectory on it. But by the time it was tipped, it was definitely a lateral. It's just a matter of where it might have gone if it wasn't tipped, and they couldn't really determine that since they didn't have really any proof to sh- to take it and overturn it. They couldn't. But you know, the Panthers again. You got to also factor in they blocked a punt and started the drive at the five yard line of the Rams. So those two plays kind of offset in the grand scheme of things for short uh, touchdown drives. And, uh, you know, hopefully you take – it wasn't all bad. So you take what you learned in the Rams game, turn it around. It wasn't like we're treating it like a preseason game. But, uh, you know, you didn't win is the bottom line. So, you know, let's not, let's not turn 0-1 into 0-2. It was really the biggest thing with two home games right. back-to-back. And it's perspective. I mean, you know, it's not like a bunch of bums came in here. I mean, this was a team that, you know, was a, what, one score lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. So, I mean, it's a team that went to the Super Bowl. I mean, they dominated last year. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera talked about this being a measuring stick. And, you know, again, you, you hear to, you know, apparently you play to win the game is what we've been told in the past, right? But, I mean, it's a game you obviously wanted to win, but it's also a, a game that you did see some good things. And I think Brian Burns coming off the edge yeah. is going to be uh, it's gonna be hard for other teams to, to yeah, block. Especially when he starts to, not that he hasn't figured it out, but he was talking yesterday about uh, how, you know, he had, the, he had the jitters first couple series, but then you figure it out. And then, yeah. you know, game speed in the NFL is a lot different than game speed in preseason and, of course, game speed even at the one power five level. And you know, people want to really focus on the shiny new toys. Shout out Shaq Thompson, I thought, had a solid game. Yes. Nine tackles. And I want to say seven of those were solo. But also James Bradbury, he had the only sack yeah. of the game and the only interception of the game for the Panthers. And I think he gets overlooked because Dante Jackson's more speed yeah. and flash. Playing a Tampa Bay team where Mike Evans in these two games against the Panthers last year, it's a one-on-one matchup yeah. with Bradbury. Five catches, 64 yards combined in those yeah. two games. He's a bigger physical corner. And if he can do that again where he can basically not eliminate but really limit their number one wide receiver option there, that makes the rest of the day so much easier. Well, you know, with Tampa Bay coming in, you know, Jameis Winston is a guy that, uh, you know, he can – He's not a run-first guy. I mean, he can certainly run. And I think last year in the uh, four previous years, or three, three to last year, so four total, but uh, hadn't really run a ton against the uh, the Panthers. But in that second game, I think he had like 60 yards or 50 or 60 yards. So, I mean, he's a guy that you do have to, to worry about. But the weapons that Tampa Bay has, uh, definitely got to be concerned about them offensively, even though it's like a little bit different on the tight end side. Now with uh, O.J. Howard, Ryan Humphrey's gone. They've got – Two really good tight ends, O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. Braid Cameron yeah. Braid had He always not, seems like to kill the Panthers, doesn't he? Cameron Braid had not won but two touchdowns nullified by holding penalties yeah. in this past game. So, I mean, that's that's tough as far as looking at that for Tampa Bay. 
two pick sixes out of the three yeah. interceptions that Jameis Winston threw. I did hear Coach Arians say that really only one of the three throws was on Winston. Right. As he looked back, one was definitely the pick six was on him, but on the other one, one bounced off the receiver, and the other one, the receiver ran the, the incorrect depth on the route. So everyone likes to pile on Jameis Winston when deserved, but in that case, he probably only had one bad throw as far yeah. as that went on film study. Uh, but Winston's on a short leash, too, because, as you mentioned, his fifth year of his rookie contract. Uh, it's Tank for Chuba time or the yeah. kid from Oregon, right? So I mean, right. Miami's talk- doing that. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and the two Florida teams are going to be probably neck and neck for maybe what that is uh, this offseason. Yeah, but Miami looks even worse than Tampa Bay. But you're talking about skill positions, the two tight ends, Mike Evans, Godwin's a good receiver. Yep. Again, not the greatest running backs, but, you know, uh, Barber's pretty physical back, sets the tone. And then we saw um, the other one. <laughs> Run for seventy-five yards, Jones. Oh yeah, uh, in the game for them last week. So they, you know, they got a nice little one-two punch at running back there. So if Jameis Winston just doesn't do the old John Fox, don't lose the game for us. Right. If you can just kind of manage the game, don't be loose with the football. I mean, it's going to give Tampa Bay a chance to win, and they got the quarterback whisper there in Bruce Arians. So yes. if he can't get something out of Jameis Winston, it can't be done. Other big. Uh I don't know if this is a big storyline or not. I think we make a, a big deal out of it in the media. Gerald McCoy going back and playing against the uh, the Buccaneers. Of course, this game will be here Thursday night. And, of course, Jim will have coverage beginning at 530. Actually, the, 5, I'm being told. Oh, 5. I thought oh, it was good. 530, but it's actually at 502. Good. I'm glad we checked. <laughs> I'm glad we checked because we were talking about that before we came on the I'm episode. getting word, Mike, it's going to be at 5 yes. o'clock, oh, not I, 530. I'm 5 o'clock from yes. the guys in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> How about all the trucks taking up all that space with the uh, Thursday night Fox crew at the Bank of America Stadium? We pulled up on Monday, and they were already here on Monday getting ready for this game. It's it, it's the only Thursday night game the Panthers have. It's going to be big. And also, you know, Gerald McCoy is talking a good game, but I think we all know to just, like, not even listen to that. This is a – it's not the Super Bowl. We get that. And he's going to see them again in a few weeks in London. But it's the first time going against your former team that you were there for nine years. And while he's got some friendships there, there's going to be some animosity about the way things ended with Tampa Bay. Well, and I thought what was mature about him was you know, he's – and he literally held court yesterday. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like a five-minute scrum and then everybody left. I mean, he, he and Trey Boston held court yesterday in, in a good way. I mean, it, it's nice right. when, when guys are talking and uh, – and Gerald said, "Look, you know, it's, you know, there is something to playing your former team." He said, "But you have to put it in perspective. You can't." He said, "I've seen, I've seen games where guys are so amped up and they've made mistakes." And he talked about a game uh, a couple years ago that he was really amped up, over amped up for. And he said, "I had three offside penalties yeah, in the first. So it's like, point. so you can't." He said, "Look, it's yeah. I mean, there's meaning to this, but you can't put." Uh, and I hate to go in cliche mode because. You know, we've, we talk about that a lot here, but this is one of those things where he really and players in that situation really do have to take it one play at a time and not not let the moment get too big for what, for what they need to accomplish. Yeah, each play could make a difference, and each game still counts the same. One out of sixteen, whether you lose by three points or thirty right. points, it's a loss. Whether you win, it's the same thing. It's one win, it's one loss, and uh, whether you beat the Rams and beat the Bucks or. Do it the other way around. You're still one and yeah. one if you can get this one, no matter what order you get the wins in there. So that the goal is to number one, make the playoffs. You know, I would say try to win your division. Right. But truly, the bottom line is make the postseason. Yeah. We've seen six seeds win a Super Bowl. So the first thing is to just get in the tournament at the end, and then from there, take it through the playoffs as far as you can go, and hopefully win the whole thing. I thought it was interesting on Monday night with the uh, with the Saints. I mean, the the Texans did everything. They they could to win that game Deshaun until Watson was amazing. I mean Deshaun Watson really again we talk about that will to win. I mean yeah. he willed them in that last what it was two plays to score that that yeah. that final touchdown and then 
you know, Romeo Cornell is going to go down as, you know, one of the great defensive coordinators, but why they played that soft uh, on that on that uh, last play to allow the— With uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, with <laughs> Drew Brees. Now, now, now granted, uh, Will Lutz had never, I guess, I think 56 was his best, and he had a 57 to win it, or 58, something like 58, that. 58, yeah. Uh, so it was 57 and 58. Uh, I mean, I, I know you don't want to give up an easier field goal, so you still force him— but man, that was too easy. I know. I mean, and now, the, now the Saints are the only team in the division. Not that it mattered. I mean, it's still early, and it wasn't. There were no divisional games at hand, so you, you didn't lose ground technically in the division. But everybody but the Saints starts off zero and one. We would have taken some help. Season. Yeah, it would have been yeah. nice to get some help from Houston in that game. So it didn't work out. And we'll see Houston in a couple of weeks, by the way, too, coming up as far as uh, seeing Deshaun Watson yeah. and what that looks like up close and personal. But uh, yeah, Panthers, I think you know, are in a good spot with this game. They had to play that first game to feel what that hybrid 3-4-4-3 was going to look like. They've done that now. Cam hopefully got first game knocking off some rust yeah. and, and will build off of that. It wasn't his best performance, but you have to start somewhere and go with that. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is at playoff level right now. And let's get Samuel Moore involved. You know, we didn't do any of the, uh, from a play-calling standpoint, no receiver runs. There were no right. jet sweeps. There was no misdirection in motion. It really, the only kind of a little bit of a gadgetry play was the direct snap to Christian McCaffrey, which is a very safe play. Take the snap, fake a handoff to Cam Newton. But you know what? There were a couple of plays where they did have the uh, the outside receiver kind of run that, I don't know, orbit sweep kind of run around where they didn't do anything with it. So I wonder if a lot of those plays, and even the one you just referenced, the one where they had Cam and Christian kind of go in motion together, and then mm-hmm. it was the direct snap to McCaffrey. I wonder if a lot of that stuff was uh, was setting up tape to to do a different play down the road. Yeah. No, you'll add layers. And some of that is you're not ready to run those layers. You're kind of right. doing this in stages as far as where you are in the playbook. The right. playbook will expand as the season goes right. on. you got to build uh, a foundation. But, yeah, but you're right. And so teams look at this tape and they say, oh, they look at for a tendency. This is how they run this play. And then you have to go, okay, we, we ran this to the right. Next time we run it to the left. Right. Or we keep running it to the right until they figure yeah. it out because they're going to try to outthink ourselves sure. as right. far as <laughs> what we're doing out there. Bruce Arians is famous for this. You know, he'll run the ball six times up the middle if you don't stop it. You yeah, know? yeah. Or he'll throw the same pass play three times right. in a row. Well, that's the Vince Lombardi. I mean, keep yeah. running something until they stop it. Exactly. So it's not always about burying it sometimes. And another thing Arians likes to do is, like, run all the receivers out. But they'll all run at different depths. There'll be one deep post. There'll be one intermediate. There'll be something in the flat. So kind of another kind of benchmark of Bruce Arians is giving the quarterback different levels of options on each pass play out there. You know, you, you mentioned how like a small village sets up for these um, Sunday night games, Thursday night games, Monday night games. It is interesting. Like, how do you put on a regular Saturday without all the gadgets? You know, I mean, they, they bring in one truck maybe for a normal Saturday game, and it comes in, what, usually like maybe Thursday or Friday, right? right? Uh, but the Monday, the Monday night, Thursday night, the Sunday night games. I mean, they bring in like. Remember Monday night football was here. They had like four or five trailers, and and they still have like the two or three trucks that are in the the bay. I mean, I know it's a little bit too much inside maybe for people, but the amount of uh, setup that goes into like for the NFL Network, uh-huh. they're setting up because uh, one of the guys that works at the Knights, Sean Sean Donathan, uh, yep. he used to be at WBTV. Uh, now he does some freelance stuff. Works with the Knights. I think right. he does some stuff with CNC. But I was talking to him yesterday. And, he was. They were setting up the on-field that pop-up set that the yep. NFL Network does, and then once they close off Mint Street, which is probably being done today because the game's tomorrow, uh, they're setting up a huge uh, setup where I guess Rich Eisen and the guys will do some pregame stuff on, uh, on, Mint on Mint Street. Yeah, I saw that. I was over there today doing some other podcasts. 
and they were setting up the pop-up studio you're talking about, like that's kind of near the 20-yard line mm-hmm. across the way. And they already had that, whatever you call the wire camera, the yeah. one that goes oh, across yeah, the, the field. Oh, yeah, the sky cam. That was already yeah. probably not done, but it was right. in place and up on the wire already. Right. That, that was being set up today. So, obviously, it's a, it's a lot of production set up. You get a lot more cameras than you would for your 1 o'clock game when there's maybe on a particular network half a dozen games going on at the same time. So, short week. Uh, players talked about how their preparation changes and Ron was talking about this yesterday about how the big thing they're trying to do is keep them off their feet, uh, keep the players hydrated. You're doing the opposite of that. This is like your fifth pod, the fifth time on air today. You had the, you did. <laughs> That's your, since I did a live morning show. Yeah. I've done five podcasts yeah. today. Yes. Yeah. So you've done nothing but talk. I'm am getting on my own nerves. I've said so much <laughs> that I'm sick of hearing what I have to say about this game. And even I, I'm gonna start contradicting myself just to have a new viewpoint right. to spew out there so that I can say it in a different way and and. Kind of like the uh, the lawyer that one's against and one's a former argue both sides of a case, but I think uh, for the Panthers that uh, they got it a little bit easier because Tampa Bay had to travel today Wednesday, That's right. which we had that with Pittsburgh last year, That's that right. awful game up That's in right. Pittsburgh. So they're off a short week, and Ron Rivera was asked uh, in his press conference earlier this week, "Would you rather have this early game Thursday short week now or later in the year?" He said, "Now because they've had a chance to prepare for it all right. through training camp." Absolutely. Bruce Arians said the exact opposite. He said, "I'd rather have it later because he's new." with a new team, right. I need more time to get our base level of preparation, right. our weekly routine down before I mix it up like this already. So Bruce Arian's not a fan of the fact they had to travel this early in the season. But I think it, I agree with you. I think it's good from the standpoint, Jim, of your legs are fresher now so you can maybe absorb this better than, mm-hmm. than maybe in you know week 13 or week 14 when right. guys are tired. Now you got to come off a short week. Uh, and this is one of the few times. This was like the second or third time the Panthers actually opened up at home under Ron Rivera. This, is the thir- this was the third out of nine years yeah, that third, they'd opened so, up under yeah. Ron Rivera at home. So I think the league's being sarcastic, like, uh, okay, we'll give you two in four days since we yeah. only gave you three in nine years. You wanted home games. We're going to give you all your home games up front. <laughs> so here's the big question because, you know, for the most part during the season, you have basically 16 – well, depending on Monday nights and Thursday nights, you know, you're basically working almost every Sunday. But this Sunday – you're going to be off. What are you guys yep. going to do this weekend? Any Sandra plans? will probably let me know on Friday or Saturday <laughs> how that's going to go. I love it. So I, uh, I'll i find out then. I just um, I haven't thought about it. It's funny because, you know, my other team, you know, you grew up a Patriots fan. I grew up a Browns fan. I'm like, oh, good. I can watch the – I'll be home to watch yeah. the Browns on, on Sunday. When do they play? Monday night, where I could have watched them any other week, but this is the week that the Browns are on a Monday, not a Sunday, which is fine. I'll still see them either yeah. way, but it's like this would have been a, a, a rare Sunday available to watch yeah. football kind of a weekend. Yeah, so I have uh, Holy Trinity football on Saturday. I'm the uh, video so you're coordinator. You're the camera crew. I'm the, cam- I'm the camera crew. Me and uh, Chris Christian and uh, you're the Sean Mario Ferruzzi. For that one, yeah. Yep, yep. I got, <laughs> I got a crew for that. Uh, Do you have the wire camera like I described for the primetime game? No, we don't. Uh, Can you hire another dad and you just like do like the old two cans and a string, like the telephone thing, and just like wire it? Oh, yeah, that we do. We do that already. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't have the uh, technology for this, but uh, I'm starting to think about maybe investigating drone. I was just going to say drone. Drone footage might be kind of fun. The only problem is if you don't know what you're doing and it drops onto the field of play during the game. Right, and if it doesn't hit your kid, then you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, the uh, the Bulldogs are 3-0 going into – Tough matchup this okay, week. This will so. be my new favorite team. Yeah, for that level. That's for that level. For that yeah. level, that's my new the favorite team. Grade, this is your favorite seventh grade team. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, I do want to encourage everybody to uh, drop what you're doing uh, at five o'clock on Thursday and uh, listen to Jim on uh, WBT. Unless it's uh, you know taking care of a baby. 
then don't drop everything you're doing. I'll accept that. Yeah. But uh, drop your work responsibilities. That's safe. Well, you know, while not yeah. driving. Pick hopefully. it up at your tailgate. Yeah, we're going to start right at five o'clock. Kickoff is at eight twenty on the Panthers Network. But uh, five o'clock uh, on WBT, we'll get the pregame, and then you've got the postgame podcast. Is yeah. Brett back for this? Yeah, one this Brett's week? back. So it'll be uh, Brett, uh, Eugene Robinson, and me. And we'll probably I'm going to guess roughly eleven thirty ish is when we'll start the CPI Security postgame show, and yep. we have the the Panthers wrap up show following this year. Yeah. So uh, you especially know. great when you're at the game, it's like just fun to listen to as you're trying to sift through traffic and get out anyway. And I tell you what everything. was really fun, uh, and we're going to do this for every one o'clock game. Uh, is the uh, fifth quarter. Uh, I dropped by. Saw you did. That. That, what a nice setup you guys got uh, there. I mean, the crowd was, uh, for, considering the Panthers lost, the crowd was still you know, still pretty much into it. Uh, they were watching the early games. Uh, and that will last for about an hour and a half after the game ends. Uh, people can hang out and, uh, and watch the, the first half of the late games. Now, we won't be doing it, uh, obviously, Thursday, but every 1 o'clock home game will the be there for games. the fifth quarter. Food, beverage, games on TV, and you guys doing a show. It's like, it's great. Let the traffic die down and then yeah, hit the road. Absolutely. Because I dropped by your show. I walked right out to my car. Got, I'm serious. Got right yeah. on the road and drove. Usually so. coming out of the parking deck, came and got out of your parking spot. So it's actually not a bad way to, I won't say kill time, but a better way to kill time. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. So make sure you listen to Jim on WBT uh, starting at 5 o'clock. So for Jim, I am Mike. This is the pregame, postgame podcast. Thanks for listening. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.